Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live around Australia on SEN Track, welcome to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. To the best hour on Friday, and that is Taz Racing Hour. That's Taz Racing Talk, and I'm on my lonesome today. The dog is on a cashy in Mildura, living it up. Uh, last I saw on his uh, socials, he was uh, looking to get on a houseboat. Looks pretty damn flash, uh, which is no surprise with the dog. So one out with uh, me, Sam Highland, for Taz Racing Hour, and we've got a bit to get through. We're going to have a chat to Taylor Johnson who's an apprentice jockey that is riding in great form. We're going to have a chat to Matt Reid, Brennan Ryan, as usual, and then our main man in the harness, Jamie Cockshut, and he's going to have a chat to Malcolm Jones, who is uh, a novice driver that has uh, been doing good things and, and driving really well of late. So let's get into it. Uh, we're going to have a chat to Taylor Johnson, who Taylor is uh, in her first full season of riding, um, and she's sixth on the premiership table, so that's uh, very impressive. 27 winners, winners under her belt and uh, strike rate of 11.4%. Of course, uh, she's indentured to the, the Team Wells, and, uh, yeah, they are a good team to be involved with, that's for sure. I know Trent uh, very well, and I would think uh, he was obviously a very good jumps jockey. And uh, now... Going into the family business training winners and Taylor's on the line. Good morning, Taylor. Well, good afternoon, should I say, Taylor? It's uh, it's just gone past twelve o'clock here in Bris Vegas. It's still raining, but uh, not a bad day all the same. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. So, yeah, I just went through your your stats or the stats that I've got here. Your first full season of riding. Your sixth on the premiership. Uh, gee, that must be a big buzz. You're going super. Yeah, no, it's really good. Um, uh, I've just been, you know, trying my best, you know, um, working really hard every day. And, yeah, no, it's been re- going really good. 27 winners so far this season. Good strike rate, 11.4%. And, and obviously uh, the Wells camp, uh, who you're apprenticed to, uh, a big help along the way, obviously supporting you with rides and, and, uh, and teaching you a thing or two. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a really big supportive family and um, they're always helping me out every single day, trying to improve myself all the time and to have their support is amazing. Oh, Taylor, what about that Trent? I know Trent uh, well enough. He, he rode uh, a lot for my dad and my brother Chris. Um, and yeah, Pat always used to go crook at him for having his toes in the irons and said that's why he used to fall off track work. But uh, he's a good man to have around, Trent Wells. He is, definitely. He's always around and he always is there to give you a laugh and he's always making jokes out of everything, but when it comes down to it, he's yeah, he's a really big help. Taylor, uh, Taylor how did you get involved in, in horse racing? Did you grow up riding ponies? Yeah, so I've been riding ever since I was three. Um, you know, always been around horses. My family is really horsey. Um, and then, you know, once I left school, um, I got the opportunity to work you know, in the racing industry, and it's just, you know, really hit off from there, and I've just loved it ever since. 
And I guess, uh, yeah, it's only early days, but as I say, you've got a terrific strike rate and and, uh, and getting support from plenty of trainers over there in Tassie. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's just so much support um, going on down here. Like, you know, everyone's willing to give you a go. Um, you know, everyone's talking good. And the main thing is just keeping everyone happy and keep riding winners, I guess. <laughs> Uh, you had a good day at uh, at Devonport a few weeks back or halfway through April there, winning on Gigi's Buzz and Date Night. Um, uh, Rowan Hamer is a, a, obviously, I know Rowan as well. He was uh, the foreman for my old man for a good while, and uh, he's a good man with the horses. So getting good support from good trainers. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's one that supports me a whole heap, and just to get, you know, them few wins for him all the you know, here and there all the time. It's it, Yeah, it's really good. What's your favourite track to ride at in Tassie? Uh, I mean, they're all good. I wouldn't say any of them are bad. I think um, probably my home track, Hobart. Um, it's improved a whole heap um, compared to what it used to be. And, yeah, I don't know. I just I love riding there. I love the track. And what about how do you get on with your weight? Do you, do you go all right with your weight? Yeah, I have absolutely no issue at all. I eat whatever I want. Uh, yeah, no, that's not a problem at all. I don't have to worry about my weight a single bit. So that's, I mean, I'm very lucky, I guess. Plenty of jealous jockeys listening to you say that. Uh, so you can uh, have a hamburger on the it. way to the races. So uh, yeah. let's chat about your rides at uh, Devonport on Sunday. In race two, you're riding Bold Instinct for Leon, Dean and Trent Wells there. Yeah, no, it's a good little horse. Um, we've only um, just got into our hands not long ago. Um, it trialled um, terrific the other day, and, uh, yeah, it's coming into the races on Sunday, but I'm very, very confident with him. He's just, yeah, he's doing amazing. He's up at, based up at Devonport with the with Trent and Dean, but, so I don't have a lot to do with him, but I know he's a good little horse, and he's I think he's got a really good future ahead of him. Drawn that middle gate, you would think uh, just going on what it did last time around that it would be able to jump and put itself on speed? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's very speedy out of the gates. Um, there's a lot of first starters in the race, so he's got a little bit more experience under his belt compared to a, a few of them in the race. So hopefully, yeah, he jumps clean and, you know, he can just put him in a spot where he's comfortable and travelling to where he wants to be. In race four, you're riding number six, Hampton Bay. Seven years old, this old rooster, and uh, still yet to get the first win on the board. So uh, maybe it's not too far away. Can he do it? Hopefully. he's. Um, yeah, he seems like a gorgeous horse. It'll be my first time riding him, but hopefully he's got the win in him to do it. Um, he's got the attitude to do it, so hopefully he's got the ability to do it. Now you went on this horse uh, first up, Gigi's Buzz. You take him, you ride him in uh, race number five, and was a good winner at Devonport. Was okay last time round. Yeah, so he won really comfortably at Devonport first up. Um, we had a little incident on the way to the gates. He ended up dropping me, but after we got through all that, he yeah, no, he won really well and really comfortably. Um, the second run up. I got caught three deep on him, so he had to do a lot more work than he should have. Um, but he still he still ran to the line really good. So hopefully we can we've drawn a better gate this time around. So hopefully we can get into a good spot and do it again. 
This horse you ride in race six, Artuso, um, was good first up and then and then uh, and good second up. Uh, didn't fin- was beaten under a length. So you think third up that uh, this is he's, you know he's got the hoof on the till. Yeah, hopefully. Well, he'll have that um, bit more fitness under his belt, so that'll be a good thing. Um, he looks like a bit of a fiery horse, but um, Trent actually took the ride for me on him and said that he was going to have a chat to me about it because it'll be the first time riding him as well. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's got the ability there. Let's just hope he can get it done. Feet forward, just keep the feet forward, just keep him going forward. It'll be right. Now, what about <laughs> number four, Gigi's Teardrop? This horse is, uh, it's, he's a bit out of form. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got him down at Brighton. Um, all his work at Brighton is magnificent. He's probably one of the best horses we have that, you know, his best gallops are at home and he just works so good all the time. But his last couple of starts have been really ordinary. We got him scoped and, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, so, you know, I galloped him the other day and his gallop was terrific. So hopefully he can take that form into his races this time around. Lady Joker, you're riding in race eight uh, for the Wells Camp. And this horse, is, uh, she's been consistent enough, hasn't she? Although she hasn't won at this trip, she's uh, she's good at Devonport. Yeah, definitely. Um, Trent owns a fair bit of her, so it's a bit Ooh, of pressure bit there of pressure. when I'm riding bit of pressure. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but no, she's she's a very consistent little mare, and she tries a she tries her guts out every time she goes out there and. Last time was a little bit unlucky and we got bet on the nose, um, but we've drawn we've drawn good um, on Sunday and she just puts herself in behind the speed and gets out when she needs to and hopefully this time round we can we can beat get uh, beat sorry <laughs> um, beat the others in the race. And in the last, you're riding Gigi's Rock Opera. Uh, this is a handy enough horse. It's got. Uh... Good, good. Uh, well, is once it hits form, he tends to stay in it, and was a good winner last time around at, at Devonport. Yeah, definitely. Um, she won over the eighteen eighty last time, and me and Trent were a little bit unsure if she was going to be fit enough for it. But she went out there and she did a really, really good job. She's a quiet little thing, and she always tries. And hopefully, she can do it again on Sunday. I have a lot of hope in her. She, um, yeah, she always gives her best and. It's a nice little race for her, so she'll be fitter this time around also, Good. so that's a bit better for her. Good on you, Taylor. Well, uh, can, what's your best ride there for Sunday? What can uh, what can the SEN track listeners load up on going into Sunday's meeting at Devonport? Um, I'm really happy with all of them. I think they've all got a pretty good chance, but I'd say my best two is probably Bold Instinct and Lady Joker. Okay, well, we'll load up on Bold Instinct and then follow up with uh, uh, Lady Joker in race eight. Well done. Best of luck. And, uh, yeah, we hope you're uh, in the winner's circle on Sunday. Thank you so much. There is Taylor Johnson. She's riding in, in great form. Uh, her first full season riding sixth on the premiership. Uh, it's a great effort, fantastic effort, and getting good support from uh, the Wells Camp, who she is apprenticed to. Matt Reed is good to go. Matt, uh, look, I've got, I worked on Sunday, so uh, I had a bit of a go there at uh, that meeting. And I'll tell you what, um, now I've just lost the uh, results. I had it here. What was I? I was going to talk to you about the uh, first winner. Oh, Nico the Greek. Matt, Nico the Greek. Have you ever seen anything like it?
Oh, if, if that wasn't the tone setter for the day, Sammy, then nothing is. I could not get near it on uh, on Sunday. Well, I got near it a few times, but there were no winners. Um, yeah, look, Nico the Greek, it, it was a sick beat. There's not often that you can sort of blow the start over 1,000 or 1,100 metres and go close, but then Davey was searching for rails runs. He ended up down the outside, and, yeah, we were, we were a good thing licked. But I'm not sure what we can do with that sort of information on Nico the Greek. Sam, it was really good first up last time and, and kind of lost its way. And that was the type of run that will see it go around the short price next start. So it might be the one that got away from us, unfortunately, with Nico the Greek. And what about the Turk? So uh, Miles Fitzner, I worked with Miles Fitzner and Milo was, he was uh, tipping something else. It wasn't uh, wasn't Popeye the Sailor. He was tipping something else. And I said, are you serious? How could you go against the Turk? I mean, he just... Uh, he just racks them up, win after win. I thought he was a moral, and uh, I don't know. Did the Toko? I don't know if he needed to just let him stride six hundred from home like that. If he had a right, been a bit more patient on him, might have been a different story. But I don't know. What do you, What do you think? Am I being too critical? Oh. Oh, look, I think you probably are being a little too critical of the ride. I'd actually been a bit critical of Ismail's ride the last two starts where I thought he'd probably held the horse up for a bit too long and, and tried to push the button with 60 kilos and, and got out sprinted off slow tempos or, or couldn't sprint past them. Um, I like the, the, the tactics where I, I guess he's just gone, I've got the best horse with the biggest motor, I'll hopefully be too good. Um, I spoke to Glenn Stevenson yesterday. The, the horse didn't pull up brilliantly from that run and, and then has now gone to the paddock. Yeah. Uh, he's been beaten his last three starts at, what are we, $1.12 on Launceston Cup Day, $1.22 at, at Lonnie on Good Friday, and then $1.35 in Hobart <laughs> last start. So, gee whiz, the, the bookies have got a bit back off him. Um, we'll just wait and see how he comes back next preparation as a four-year-old. I'd assume he's a horse that would probably have to go into something like the, the Goodwood over 1,100 or the New Market Fresh. Uh, he's a lot better horse than we saw his last three starts here. Uh, I think Time Over Connections maybe would have just tipped him out after that run on, on Lonnie Cup Day, but the prospect of a, a couple of $50,000 races and where he went around short prices maybe... Um, got the better of them, but a little bit disappointing. It probably creates a, a little bit of an interesting discussion down here when we come a, awards time, Sammy, around who will win the three-year-old horse of the year. Has Turk Warrior done enough, or maybe will it be Alpine Wolf, who, of course, beat him in, in the guineas over a mile in Hobart? Right, uh, your best for the weekend. I see you've got, uh, you like Rock the Bowler, and uh, I see Mark or MB Opie is in the ownership. I used to tip to a Mark Opie when I was a jockey, so uh, if it is you, Mark, best of luck with Rock the Bowler. Yeah, we'll hope we can get it done in the opener, Sammy. It'll be pretty short. He's been smashed in the betting in, in two Tassie starts, Rock the Bowler. They put up $20 at his first Tassie start. He jumped 370. Um, that was a really eye-catching run, and then I was surprised they stayed at, at 13.50 next start. Um, he's desperate for a mile now. Does strike a, a very small field, and, and strange things can happen. There doesn't look a lot of pace in this race, but look, if I could get something with a with a two in front of it or black odds about Rock the Bowler, I'd be happy to have it. And maybe a little saver on the bottom one, Gigi's first lady, who, who might try and pinch the race in front. But... Um, First of my specials, race one, number three, Rock the Bowler. And you like a Tosha in race seven? 
Yeah, I, I made a meal of this race a, a fortnight ago with Tosha. She won the, uh, sorry, he won the opening race there. He was simply too fast for them. I think he can be again, race seven, number one. Righto. And then your value bet. <coughs> sorry, mate, just having a few <coughs> issues with the voice on this end. Uh, so, no worries. We'll let you go there, Matt. But uh, it likes race eight, number one, rising high sang each way there. That's the value bet for Matt Reed. Thanks very much, Matt. We'll catch you next week. We'll head off to a break. On the other side, we'll come back with Brennan Ryan and the Greyhound News. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Racing talk, and it is Greyhound time. Brennan Ryan, the man that knows all about the Greyhounds over in uh, Tassie. Brennan, how's the week been? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Sam. Um, good little interest coming up in uh, Sandown Park tonight. We've got a Tassie train runner by the name of McInerney. Uh, he's contesting the heats of the Group 1 Harrison Dawson there tonight at Sandown. So really looking forward to seeing how he goes round. And um, off his recent win there, I think he ran 29-28. So that really puts him into contention for it. So we're looking forward to cheering on McInerney. He'll go around in, in tonight's heats and... Um, we haven't had many Tassie dogs uh, go over in recent times, so hopefully uh, he'll uh, stand a chance there. So he's drawn Ray five box five there tonight. So, yeah, looking forward to that. He's in the market, so you get him at $3.90 here at the moment. And uh, But he's, uh, the, like, it's, uh, it's a good field, isn't it? A few of these dogs in super form. Yeah, well, he'll go up against Dusty Baberski and Fearless Max, both. Two greyhounds that have got real good PVs there at 29.42 and 29.23. So he's really going to have to step up to the plate. But on confidence-wise, on his times, he's he's proven it. Um, he Look, the, the, the one niche to this dog is that he's got to have confidence. And if he's right on the mark, he'll really run, you know, he'll run a PP. So hopefully he's there tonight. And if not, he can, you know, qualify through. And we'll see him in the, in the, in the big one next Thursday. Now, you had the Gotbat finals at Hobart on Thursday night? Yeah, well, um, it was lucky in the Division 1 final nearly didn't get called a no race because if you watch the replay closely, the the lids nearly um, cleaned the starting boxes, um, the lids on the starting boxes nearly cleaned up the field. Um, the field just jumped and they just escaped before they um, before the lids come crashing back down again. But um, the win went to rip away for uh, Teddy Medhurst and Cameron Betts. He's... A very good dog. He, um, he'd won the St. Ledger last year, and he's proven that he'll shape back up for you know the major Hobart Carnival with the Gold Cup and all that coming up. So he's hopefully he's peaking back into his old form right at the thick of the features coming towards the the winter autumn carnival, so, so to speak. And what about uh, best bets for you, Brennan? Uh, Launceston or uh, Launceston Monday night and and Hobart Tuesday. Um, we'll take a look. I'll give you a best bet from uh, from Lonnie on Monday night. Uh, we've got a good 10-race card. Um, look, not bad. We've um, come away with some good chances in amongst them. The form's a little bit stretched because the runner's been backed out um, and been continuously going. But I'll stick with uh, race four, number five, Tar Alley. Um, going really well, this ground. Trained by Anthony Bullock. Steps up to the 500. Mind you, it has had three attempts at the distance and has failed to get a win, but I think it's, it's form's going really well, and 
And I think it's got the chance here. This is a hand of the Tazra bonus series. So we'll go race four, number five, Tar Alley. And then at Hobart on Tuesday, I'll declare a runner there that I'm pretty much connected to myself, a dog by the name of uh, Turbo Inferno. Uh, this greyhound, well, should have won there at, Lond- at uh, Hobart last night. He ran exceptional splits and then just got tired a bit late. So... Uh, to me, I think he can, um, you know, he can back it up and be a good chance. Uh, he's uh, He just escapes me off the box draw what he's drawn. I think he's drawn a bit wide. But, um, yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll be a very good chance there if he can get a, if he can get a crack at him early. That's about the key to it. And, um, you know, he won't be too far off the mark. But, yeah, he should run a good race there on Tuesday. Righto, so there's a couple of tips for Monday and Tuesday. Any other news going on in the greyhound world over there in Tassie? Uh, we're building up towards the uh, Tasmanian Derby and the Tasmanian Oaks. Um, I understand the sponsors of, for both series um, have just been reconfirmed for this year. So the Tanya Rattray, who's a uh, well-respected member of, of the Legislative Council in Tasmania, she'll sponsor the Tasmanian Derby for the second year and Size on Ice will sponsor the Tasmanian Oaks. Uh, the winner of the final will receive a uh, free stud service to Ando's Mac, and the Heat winners, uh, irrespective, will receive a free service to West on Augie as well. So really thankful to Tony Wiseman and Size on Ice for being a part of the uh, of the sponsorship again for the Tassie Oaks this year. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Uh, you know, in all three codes, that to have plenty of sponsors, and and uh, it's what makes it all go round, doesn't it? It's uh, it's an important part of it for sure. Yeah, it certainly is, and um, you know, we're especially uh, as like size on ice. It's a good breeding establishment, and they send some exceptional dogs. And Ando's Mac and Weston Augie are certainly making their way in the breeding ranks. Weston Augie, I think, uh, side the Mandra Derby and the Mandra Oaks two group listed races over the last couple of weeks. So he's starting to make a name for himself. So hopefully, we'll uh, see some uh, Weston Augie puppies running around here in the not too distant future. Brennan, we will be cheering for McInerney tonight uh, and all of Tasmania will be also. So uh, let's hope he has some luck. Yeah, we all, so do I, uh, Sam. Uh, we'll see how we go. Thanks very much. Catch you next week. There's Brennan Ryan with the latest news in the greyhound world over in Tassie. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll get the news. We'll come back on the other side. We'll have Jamie Cockshut ready to give us a bit of mail on harness racing. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. He's on a cashy. Cam Luke is uh, coming in to join me on Trackside today for a big Friday Trackside, but we've still got half an hour to go on Taz Racing Hour, and one of my favourites is coming on board to have a chat to us about the harness racing over there in Tassie. Jamie Cockshut, uh, have we got Jamie there yet, Willem? There you go, Sammy. How, how are you, Jamie? How was the week? Did we get? How did we go? I, I, I didn't. Uh, I failed to look at the results uh, last week. How did we go? Oh, I think we might have just held our own, mate. Nothing to get carried on about, but you know, I don't think it was a. Uh... It was a car crash weekend. It was. I think we held our own, mate. Showed us might have been a small profit, mate. So good work. How did we end up with the wet track? Because there was a bit of a concern with how much rain there was last week, wasn't there? Yeah, no. Typical Tasmanian weather, mate. Friday afternoon turned out a belter. 
uh, dried out pretty quickly, and we had a great night of racing, mate. So, um, Tasmania is that state that has four seasons in a day, or is capable of having four seasons in a day. And um, yeah, Friday after lunchtime, mate, we had a bit of sunshine and a bit of wind, and yeah, dried out pretty well, mate. So yeah, the meeting went ahead, and yeah, there was um, a good, good night of racing, to be honest. And we've got Launceston on Sunday night. Yeah, we've only got the one meeting this week. Um, we're heading into our winter our winter schedule. We have one meeting one week, two meetings on the opposite week. So, yeah, it's good because the weather's starting to cool down a bit in Tassie now. Um, not lucky enough like, oh, no, well, then again, you're up in Brisbane, mate. You've got too much bloody rain up there again. So it's watching I better not say <laughs> beautiful, beautiful Brisbane because he's underwater again. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's, uh, you know, oh, it's crazy, cool. mate. Absolutely. They've had to call Albion, Greyhound, Albion Park Greyhounds off. Uh, the, I, I was having a beer with Scotty Steele the other night, and uh, apparently the uh, the harness track is still in good order. But yeah, we don't want we don't want what happened uh, obviously a month ago. Gee whiz! No, because gee, coming up now is their, their time to shine in the harness game, especially you know they've got some of the best horses in Australia heading up there over the next you know in the next month or two. So let's pray and. And hope that you know the rain does stop down and don't get into the track like it did here a few months ago and put it under a deluge of water. But um, you know, so let's just hope everything's fine for the powers to be up at Albion Park and that's smooth sailing for the next few months because they're going to have some quality horses up there, mate. That's for sure. All eyes are on Bris Vegas for the harness racing world. Tell us, uh, you touched on you know you, you slow down a bit through the winter period, and that is that because the horse population sort of slims down a bit through winter or obviously it's, it is colder climate. Yeah. Well, well, I honestly don't really know, but look, it's been like that since my time in the game. Like the numbers won't dwindle because being old here now, but when they've done this program and say 10, 12 years ago, you hit the nail on the head. Like me as an owner, I always tell me trainer to put the horses out over winter. Don't race them during winter. You know, because it's cold, it's miserable conditions. I don't want the trainer out at 10, 11 o'clock. And when you travel from one end of the state to the other end of the state in wintertime, um, you know, sometimes you don't get home till after midnight. So that's just my, my thoughts personally on the horses that I own. But, you know, for the other owners out there, mate, they probably want their horses racing every week. And, um, yeah, so, but no, it's good to cut back a little bit during winter, mate, because there's a place called Spring Hill that's halfway between, or probably closer to, out, but it gets very icy in the winter time, Sammy, and you know, it's a little bit dangerous to be driving trucks home at say half past 12 in the morning, you know, one o'clock yeah. after a big night at Hobart or vice versa. So, yeah, no, I've got no problem with it. And, um, like I think Ben's mentioned that he, he's going to be taking a team over to Melbourne, you know, because there's not enough races for his horses, and he's done it before in the past, and um, he's had plenty of winners. So, at the end of the day. He won't miss out. He'll go to Melbourne and win, you know, plenty of races over there and and take a bit of their money for a change instead of the Victorians coming over and taking our money all the time. <laughs> that's not that's not such a bad thing. They've got plenty, so you take some of it. Yeah, no, around. that's right, mate. And in about six or seven, six or eight weeks, mate, it's back to normal. You know, two meetings a week and, you know, like I say, uh, she's fine, mate. And when Ben goes uh, over to Melbourne, where does where does he park up there? Does he always go the same back to the same place? I think last time we went, he based himself around Shepherd and um, his younger brother Tim went over with the stable. So I'm sure they'll be doing something similar, similar this time because there is a new training set up at 
Shepard, and, and even young Connor Crooks mentioned that he's going to take a team over during winter as well. So it's going to be interesting. It might be a bit of a Tasmanian invasion on uh, Victoria, and we just great to see how they go. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and something uh, definitely something for uh, for you guys to follow from over there. That's for sure. So best bets for Launceston on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll start race five, number one, Joni in. Uh, trained by Connor Crook. Uh, Draw the pole over a mile. Just all the stars aligned with him. He should be able to lead. And he did run scintillating time, winning two starts to go. So if he leads, he'll probably go 155 and a half, 156. And that's going to take a pretty special horse to beat him. So I think he looks a really good thing in race five. Then over race nine, number one, Kuzma. Um, young Liam Aldrich takes the drive. He's a very good young driver, Liam, especially when he finds the front in his races. He rates him really well, and I reckon he can get the job done around the $3.54 mark in race nine. A couple of value, race three, number eight, Pink Ponder. Drawn inside the second line, which suits. Just hope they go run along a bit mid-race, and you know the gaps open up from the 400, and the little mare can hit the line strongly at you know, good odds. And then we go over to race six, number one, Major Lester. This is a pretty open race. Drawn the pole, there's not a lot of gate speed outside him, so he may be able to do enough early to hold up. And if he does hold up, he'll give a great size around the 5 or $6 mark. And a couple of odds. Race 4, number 9, not laughing now. Um, resumes. Um, we should get 10 or $12. And if she's anywhere near her best, she'll run a big race at those sort of odds. And then we go across to race 7, number 8, Juniper. Drawn inside the second line. Pretty similar to Pink Ponder, just needs the brakes to come away. And if they do run along up front, that's going to give him every chance to get into the race late at you know, 10 or 12 to 1. And we'll play a quality, mate. We'll go a little bit wide because there's some open races at Launceston on Sunday. Firstly, we'll go numbers 1 and 4. That's Journey Inn and Similand Beach. Secondly, we'll go wider, 1, 9, 10 and 11. Thirdly, we'll go numbers 2, 3, 5, 8 and 10. Third and last week, we'll go numbers 1, 4, 5, 11, 13, and 14. So it costs $60 for 25% of the dividend. Load up that, a uh, bit of a load up that last leg then. Yeah, no, it's a pretty open race, mate. I think there's 15 horses in it, Sammy. So we had to go a little bit wide, mate, to try and get the winner. That's fair enough, too. All right. Uh, we're going to have a chat to Malcolm Jones. I don't know if Willem's got Malcolm on the line, but... Uh, Claiming novice driver Malcolm Jones. And let's see if Malcolm is on the line. One minute. Willem is telling me one minute. So, yeah, I just went out. Yeah, well, uh, I, went, I went out to get uh, get myself a uh, soda water there, Jamie. And uh, it is still belting down rain. It's unbelievable how much it rains at this joint. <laughs> well, you like me, mate. You love the soda water as much as I do. I love the soda water. So we've got something yeah. in common there, mate. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's good. It's well, it's good. Yeah, to, but... It's good. It's good to uh, hydrate so you can get on the beers at night. <laughs> right, uh, Malcolm's on the yeah. line. Hey, how you going there, Mal? Good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Well, one of the highlights of the weekend, Sammy, is the um, Young Novice Drivers Championship, just Bob, um, sponsored by Cavalor Equine. Um, it's where 10 of the state's best young racemen do battle over a four-heat series. And um, hopefully Malcolm, you know, he'll be hoping to take on the honours and put his name up there on in the record books as um, 
the best numbers driver of season 2022. So we'll start now with just a little bit about yourself. You obviously work alongside your father, Mark, who had a pretty good season, to be honest. Yeah, it's been uh, probably Dad's best season so far and pretty a couple of pretty nice horses, so we're going good. And that's obviously helped you um, improve your driving skills, getting on behind them horses and getting a bit more confidence. Yeah, certainly. So we'll start off on, on the first seat on, on Sunday night. You're driving Don Heston, consistent tight, got a tricky draw to overcome, so you're going to have to um, give him a good drive to try and earn maximum points. But he's not without some chance if the, the right with the right trip in running. Yeah, He's been going pretty good by the looks of it. I just have to see how Ben wants wants to be driven, but I, I would have much rather it over a mile, but I'm sure it will punch through somewhere. Let me go with the guy's better bet. You know, he, he rarely runs poorly. He's got a pretty poor draw, but if you can get onto that three-wide line from the bill and the right horses could take into the race, he's more than capable of pulling out wide and hitting the line pretty strongly. Yeah, his run was good the other week when he won in town in the in the wet. It was poor conditions, and it was a pretty good run from back back in the field. And then we move over to Kivino Stride. Is it, he races best in front, but he's drawn probably to follow the likely leader, which is going to give him every chance to um, you know, get some good points for you in this race, especially if you get a bit of a crack at him late. Yeah, I reckon he's going to get every chance in behind him. Just hopefully it opens up, opens up late and we can get out somewhere. And then we go across to the last of the heats. You're on Nero's stride. He's probably your best chance in my eyes because he's drawn three. He races best at the front of the field and I'm sure you'll be pushing forward early. Whether you get across to the pegs or you got to sit parked, either way, he's going to run a pretty decent race. Yeah, he's been going good and he goes good in front, so we'll push forward and if we get to the pegs, we take a bit of beating, I reckon. Yeah, no. So just for the listeners out there, mate, like, how, how long have you been driving for me? Now? About a bit, bit over two years? Yeah, just a bit over two years. And how many winners have you driven? I'm sure you'd be aware of that. Uh, Ten, I think. Yeah, enough wrong with that, mate. No, you're going well, and like, like I mentioned, you know, you had a really good season, and, you know, like you said, a lot of it's got to do with Dad and, you know, the team he's got in work at the moment. You know, there's probably the best ones, but... Um, yeah, you know, Cosimo's the one. How did he pull up last week? He looked a little bit disappointing. Nah, he was he was good. I, it was a poor drive. I should have probably just grabbed hold of him. Um, he was probably lost their, just lost their backs a bit at the 400. And um, just when they sprinted real hard, but he was running all over the top of him. If he got out anywhere in the straight, he would have just won. I'm going to give you a bit of advice, mate. The one thing about a young driver coming through is when they put the hand up when they've got it wrong. And that's exactly what you just done, mate. And that's going to hold you in good stead going forward with that sort of um, that sort of thinking, that's for sure. So you've got four drives. Which one of them is your best on the weekend? Which one do you think you can tip the winners into having a few dollars on? Yeah, I reckon Nero Stride. If you can find the pegs, we take a bit of beat, though. And... Just what would it mean for you to, to to win the title? For someone like yourself, just start now. What sort of what would it mean to you to take out the the novice drivers' title on the weekend? I'd be pretty good, like have your name against some pretty good drivers. Like as you go back through the Gareth Ratchway and all those types that have won it, 
So I've been I've been close a couple of times. It'd be nice to win it. No, that's, yeah, no, that's right. You were close last year, I remember, mate. But yeah, the works just hope you know you can go one better now this year. And you know you've got a good even book of drive. There's no driver with a standout book on in the series, so. It's going to come down to a little bit of luck in running and which drivers give their horses the best chance. And I'm sure you're going to be out there, you know, giving it your best. And um, you never know, come Sunday evening, it could be Malcolm Jones standing up collecting the trophy on Sunday night, winning the Cavaloric One Novice Driver Series. I hope so. Well done, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, best of luck with that uh, Novice Driver Series. And uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, he's got some, got some nice drives there, Jamie. Yeah, no, he has, and you know he's a good fellow, Miles. He, he, he's a pretty decent sized fellow, but he gets out there and tries his best. And like I said to him, Sammy, the one thing that impressed me about a driver or a jockey, they put their hand up when they get it wrong, and um, that's one of the most important things. I'm sure you had to do that, Sammy, back in the younger so, days when so, you tried so, for it's dad. Always, it's always tough enough when you have to come in, especially when you have to come into your old man and say, "Listen, I don't think I got that right." And he goes, "Yeah, do you reckon you murdered it?" <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, we all learn from it, and as you say, it's uh, the best thing is to be able to recognise it, not go away and sulk about it. Go away and be better, get better. That's what that's uh, that's how it goes, isn't it? No, exactly right, mate. Exactly right. It's one lesson in life. You know, always put your hand up when you get it wrong, no matter what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, good on you, Jamie. Good to catch up. We'll catch you next week, and let's hope we have a winning weekend. No worries, mate. Thanks, Sammy. Thanks, Mal. There is Jamie Cockshut uh, giving us the harness news over in Tassie. We're going to take a quick break now. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a chat to Tommy Hackett from Ladbrokes. Try all new Labbrokes Mates Mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You are listening to Taz Racing Talk, and it is now Ladbrokes time. Try all new Ladbrokes Mates Mode today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Tommy Hackett. Tommy, are you back in Queensland? I'm back in Queensland, Sammy, and it is very, very wet. I was in Melbourne yesterday. It's not very often... You get hot, you go from Melbourne to Brisbane and leave better weather, but that was definitely the case yesterday. Yeah, still very, very wet here in Brisbane, so not ideal for uh, Magic Round or for the races this weekend. But Eagle Farm, we know, probably the best drying truck in the country, so we'll still be right there tomorrow. Yeah, well, you could, uh, yeah, a tsunami could come and Eagle Farm wouldn't be a wet track, so it uh, that's a good that was a positive move moving that meeting from Durban to uh, Eagle Farm on Saturday. What's our Labbrokes update for this weekend, Tommy? Head to the meeting at Devonport on Sunday, Sammy, and uh, I think especially later in the day there is a few very interesting races. We'll start off in uh, race six. I think we'll look at the quaddy legs here and. Our little pet is a, a horse I've always had a lot of time for in Tasmania. This is a good race. You've got GG Plain, who's racing well. Reward Achiever went to the spelling paddock on the back of a win uh, last preparation. But I think this is a nice race for our little Ted, who I think deserves the status of being somewhat of a Devonport specialist. Six starts at this track and distance for three wins, a second and a third. Pretty much all his best form has come at Devonport. I think he'll be uh, in the mix here again. That's so race six, number one, our little Ted in the first leg of the Quaddy. Uh, look at race seven, and uh, it's a race where the, the GGs have got a very, very strong hand, but it's probably a, a, one of the more open contests of the day. But I think Rhyme Writer can run well. Hasn't won for a while, but is a very consistent performer, especially at Devonport. It's very rarely uh, out of the placing. So 
Uh, we'll need a little bit of luck in running from barrier 11, but I think it's been racing well, this preparation. And if it does produce uh, its best form, it'll be right in the mix here. And it has won over the short sprint here at Devonport before. So I think it was a bit of a value play. Race seven, number three, Rhyme Writer will be right in the mix. Race eight is another really good race here with uh, a fair bit of depth and a lot of uh, quite talented horses returning from a stint in the paddock, the likes of Freelancer and Turk the Lighter, horses that uh, have uh, a fair amount of talent. But I think with a fitness edge, freak on a lead for Scotty Brunton and David Perez in the saddle will be tough to beat here. Last start at Hobart was, was gallant when it got the job done there. And I don't think this race really is any tougher. So I think freak on a lead will go forward. It'll take up a really good position in the run here from barrier two. And I think it'll be tough to beat in this contest, but really interested to see how the likes of and Turk Delight return to the races. They, they could definitely be horses to follow as they get further into their campaigns. And we get to the last race of the day, the Devonport race nine. Another race where there's a fair bit of uh, winning form here, but always a winner is the horse I like here, race nine, number three. Uh, this preparation just gone to another level. He certainly doesn't win out of turn this horse, but there's no doubt he's uh, turned the corner this preparation. Was beaten by Drama uh, Zing last start, but it's uh, he does mean it better at the weights here. So I think there is a chance he can turn the table here, always a winner. And he's only get a, a pretty good price because he has never won at Devonport, but he's always been there about. So that's the final leg of the quaddy, final leg of the card. Race nine, number three, always a winner. On you, Tommy. Best of luck for the weekend. Let's head to a break. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Taz Racing Talk with Sam Highland and Campbell Brown. Righto, we're back. Well, we don't know if we're going for breaks or not breaks, but anyway, we I just rushed Tommy a little bit there at the end of it, but now we're back. So there is Taz Racing Hour done and dusted. So we are looking forward to a big day of racing today because, uh, yeah, we've got racing uh, all over the place. Cranbourne tonight, but Geelong today, Scone Cup, Albury, Port Augusta, and Matter Matter is just uh, winding up. So uh, we've got a bit to deal with, more to deal with today, as opposed to uh, yesterday where Cam Luke and I had just the one meeting and we were playing a bit of John Denver and Nana Muscuri and Neil Diamond. Got a good laugh. Thanks to all the family for helping us through the day. And we want more today. We want more. We've got to get more winners. But we want more interaction on the text machine. Cam Luke, he is ready for a big one today. So, uh, Willem, what can we do now? We've still got a couple of minutes. Sorry, we thought we were going to a break, but uh, Tommy Hackett, uh, he was all over those tips for Devonport on Sunday. And I just thought um, I really liked that Rock the Bowler in that race, uh, in that first race at Devonport on, on Sunday. When you go through this race, it doesn't seem to be a heap of speed in it. And I reckon he'll jump and probably can put himself a bit closer because he gets out the, he can tend to get out the back a bit. Uh, in these shorter ones, but being a small field, they probably won't go so quick. So if he can jump and put himself in a spot, say incriminate leads, and then he goes up and sits up outside it, uh, possibly Gigi's first lady will go forward as well. So there's probably two that are going to roll. And then if he parks in third, I reckon Rock the Bowler will be ready to step up uh, in that uh, first race at Devonport 
on Sunday, and that is uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. So big nine race card at uh, Devonport, but definitely up to the 16.50 is going to suit. And don't forget Taylor Johnson. She gave a good push to Bold Instinct. Uh, that horse will be improved from last preparation into this preparation. She takes two kilos off, so it gets in on the minimum. And uh, it, it, she was very positive about how she spoke about that horse. And the other one was the mare that she was riding. Uh, let me find it. it. was something joy, I reckon. Uh, later in the day, Lady Joker it was. Lady Joker, who has been in good form, was a good second last time around, but drawn a good gate. It's going to get a, uh, a sweet run in there. And it was good to chat to Matt about maybe I was a bit too critical on the toker, on uh, Turk Warrior. But, uh, Matt was saying that uh, it was sort of, he'd been riding it a bit patiently in the past and, may, and maybe that was what was bringing it undone. But amazing, like horse has got such a great record. I think it's a winner of nine races or might even be 12 actually. It's won a bag full of races. And, uh, and then, yeah, it's, Gone down the last time, three times it started a short price favourite. Uh, it's gone under, hence the reason Milo was all about uh, laying it uh, last Sunday, and uh, yeah, got bought undone. So, but a good meeting, big ten race card at, at Devonport, and then obviously Brennan told us about the uh, Greyhounds, and we'll be cheering for that horse uh, tonight. That sorry, that dog tonight, uh, running in that big one. At, uh, at Sandown, that'll be uh, really interesting to see how it goes. It's drawn box five, and that is McInerney. Goes around in the group one, Harrison Dawson heat at uh, Sandown tonight. So uh, that will have plenty of Tassie eyes on board. Righto, I can hear the music. So that means the Taz Racing Hour is coming to an end, and trackside is about to start. We're going to be in for a big one, Cam, Luke and I. Let's hope we get some winners.